first time that I ever sat with leadership and was like, absolutely not. This will not happen this way. I'm, I'm not oh. going to let it. Yeah, it was, uh, that was, that was the start. And then it just all went downhill pretty quickly after that. Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Cousin Eddie. And together, we're going to explore what it's like to be in and leave a religious cult. For more info on the Reclamation Podcast, or to tell your story, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Aldo B. Martin. (laughs) Yeah. And mind you, I was 39 years old. I'm a grown woman. I've got two kids. And so, you know, I was then, uh, it was, I mean, it was a nice conversation. There was no, you know, it wasn't uh, harsh or anything like that. But I do remember, again, feeling that backbone, you know, of just being like, no, I don't, I don't think so. Like, you don't, we don't get to do that. <laughs> Go ahead. No, 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 no. I think you said it wrong. It was, <laughs> you get your damn hands off me. <laughs> right. Exactly. You're exactly right. That was it. Um she, she said to me, she says, well, I have a couple things, you know, cause I was telling her that he and I would FaceTime every day. And, and when he was coming out, he wasn't staying with me and my kids. He was staying actually with Rochelle and her family. So he was going to stay with them. And, uh, she says, well, you know, I wouldn't, uh, there's a couple things I wouldn't recommend and, or I, I would recommend, I would recommend that you don't talk to him on FaceTime every day. And I would recommend that you don't see him every day when he's here visiting. And so I said, well, then tell me, how am I supposed to get to know someone? How am I supposed to get to know him if I'm not allowed to communicate with him? I said, that's where a lot of problems arise in these young marriages because they're marrying people they don't know. And so it just turned into this, the conversation itself, that particular day didn't go far, but I left there and I was really, I was really angry, like super angry, you know, like, well, this is the way we do things. And, you know, she says, normally if, uh, if there's a sister who is interested in a brother, you know, we talk to the discipler and make sure that he's in line and, you know, with scripture and, you know, like all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, no, that's, that's just not how this is happening. And so I was really angry afterwards. And, um, I, I, you know, Rochelle's name's going to come up a lot because she's involved in a lot of this, but you know, I told her and she, right. She's everywhere. (laughs) Everybody needs to have a friend like Rochelle. (laughs) She says, you got to go back and revisit that conversation. And I was like, you're right. I do. And I need to do it while I'm hot. I need to do it while I'm, while I'm, you know, angry about this. And so again, reached out to, to the women ministry leader. And I had a couple other conversations with people in between all of this. Um, it was all the same. It was all the same kind of feeling. Nobody was like, Oh, well, okay. Like, so he's a Christian, like nobody, it did like the look of absolute fear was on their face. Like, Oh my God, like she is not the one that we need to be exploring this. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because she's not, she's not going to listen. Um, so a second conversation was had and I was much, much, much more firm in that conversation. And, um, you know, I told her, I said, uh, you know, she's like, well, was there something in particular that I said that really upset you? And I said, well, yeah, you said that this is the way we've always done things. I said, and that is not the way that God operates. God doesn't operate like that. I said, and you're telling me that God can only work within this box of people. And that's not who God is, you know? And I, t- I told her, you know, and she's like, well, you know, we're, we're just worried for you and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I said, okay, and I appreciate that. There is nobody who is going to be more protective over my kids than me. 
There is nobody, I am not reckless. I am not, you know, like it was just like this kind of conversation that we had to have. And I, but it was the first time that I ever sat with leadership and was like, absolutely not. This will not happen this way. I'm, I'm not oh. going to let it. Yeah. It was, uh, that was, the, that was the start. And then it just all went downhill pretty quickly after that. So then obviously you, you marry the man and, and obviously you, you left the church and, and lived your life as you saw fit, you know, moving forward. Yeah, there was, because what I saw in that, um, well, one of the things, so my husband's from Belfast in Northern Ireland, and that's, that's, you know, where, where he is from. So one of the things that a member of the church did was uh, they got online real quick and found that there's a church in Belfast. We have a church in Belfast. (laughs) So they called, they contacted the church in Belfast and told them, to keep an eye out for this guy who's going to come visit. Cause my, the, well, now my husband, my now husband, he, at the time he was willing because same thing. We didn't, you know, he didn't know anything about the church. He didn't he know. Was, anything he about was it. willing, willing. He was to willing to go, to go to the Belfast church. And okay. Hold, whoa, whoa. okay hold up. Hold up. So, so, so the, so the ICO in Los Angeles, Northern part of Los Angeles mm-hmm. contacted the Belfast ICOC mm-hmm. and said, Keep an eye out for, for this, this guy. Mm-hmm. What what does that mean? Keep an eye out because Michael, my husband's name is Michael. He had said that he would go and visit, and so they just took it upon themselves to be like, "Hey, we've got this guy, you know, and uh, he's going to come visit." Now, I don't know the entire conversation, but I know how the church operates, so I know that they knew he was already judged coming in. Like, got I know it. that they knew the story, got so it. it was already an unfair advantage to, you know, Michael. Um, but the fact that they were like, like babysitters, you know, like, well, I'm going to call the church here and let them know you're coming. Now I understand if you're already a member of the church and you're relocating and they're like, Hey, we're going to put you in touch with the church there. But Michael wasn't a member of the church, you know, so to call from LA and be like, Hey, keep an eye out for this guy. He's talking to one of our, you know, sisters here. He was, he was walking in already judged and he still went. He, he went, he, I, I appreciate his heart so much to just try and, you know, like, this is your family. This is your church. That's how he saw it. This is, this is yours. So I will come into your world. And, um, you know, so I I remember even after that, like meeting with one of the, you know, brothers here in in the Santa Cruz church. And he was like, well, did Michael go to the church? And I said, yeah, he did. And he thought it was weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he did. He was like, he, I remember he called me and he's like, yeah, I don't know. They're a little bit weird that one, you know? Yeah. So it's a, uh, and then over time, because I wasn't backing down, um, when Michael came to visit, uh, you know, I watched people completely. You can't miss him. He's a six foot three Irish man. You cannot miss him. And people acted like they didn't even see him. Wouldn't acknowledge him. Wouldn't, you know, whatever. So I strolled in on that Sunday morning. Oh, with my arm in his, I was like, oh no, we're not, we're not backing down from this. Put your arm around me in church. Can't even do that when you're dating. Right. You know, I, mean? and yeah. I was just like, yeah, you hold me during worship. Like wow. I, I, mean, I, I just didn't care because <laughs> wow. I was so over it. Like, yeah. So you came in there flaunting it. That's what oh, you're telling me. Absolutely. And in my cutest dress I had, like, oh wow, gosh, like, <laughs> big flex. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. My target got even bigger that day. Um, you know, like it was just it was just one of those things. And and, you know, so over the several months, because I didn't leave until towards the end of 2019. So for over the summer months and everything, like I started 
noticing, you know, just the sermon seemed a little bit more pointed, uh, you know, at pointed. I mean, you might as well just put my name in there. Uh, The sermons were definitely pointed at like, you know, you can't just do what you want to do. You've got to do God's will. You've got to, you know, whatever. And so I remember a friend of mine at the time sending me a text during church and was like, uh, is this about you? Because all the sermons, I was getting too loud and wasn't backing down. So they needed to hush me from the pulpit. And the only way to do that is to indirectly tell people to ignore what I'm doing. Don't do what she's doing. So everything, you know, it was all this indirect stuff that was happening. Um, I used to teach the kindergartners in, uh, you know, their kids kingdom, right. In the kids kingdom class. And I taught the kindergartners for years. That was, everybody knew that was my class. I always taught at the end of the year. Cause I liked all the holidays. Um, and I never followed the curriculum. Like me and the kids just did our own thing, our own stories. Let's talk about Jesus and Daniel and, you know, just our own thing. I never even looked at the curriculum books that they would give. And that, uh, that rotation, when it was time for me to come in and teach the kids, they always gave me campus kids because it was just fun, right? They can't put me with a man because, you know, I'm, I'm a single or I don't know what it was, but I was never with a man. I always had campus kids, which was totally fine. So so when you say campus kids, uh, I'm guessing as a, as you're on Sundays, you would teach Mm -hmm. the children's ministry classes and they would give you one of the members of the campus ministry as a helper in the class. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they would just kind of help me out just kind of, you know, but, but I was in charge of the class. So, and it was fun. I, it was one of my favorite things. I absolutely loved it. And I remember that rotation came around in 2019. So it's like September, August, somewhere around there. And, uh, this woman who I don't know, I don't know her well, I should say, um, they assigned her to me. And so I was Uh-oh. like, Oh, that's weird. Like that's all right. Well, whatever, you know, I still know how it's going to run. This is my class. Right. <laughs> So we get to our class and we're setting things up and she says, okay, so, um, I'll just do everything and you don't have to worry about it. And I said, well, do you want me to take care of the crafts? No, no, no. I'll do it. I'll do everything. Oh boy. Like, okay. So I just kind of was like, well, that's all right, whatever. And so I remember like sitting back and, but now what was happening, cause I never actually looked at the curriculum. So now that I'm just sitting here babysitting in a sense, I'm paying attention to the curriculum. And I remember walking out of there one Sunday morning and thinking, why are we teaching kindergartners about leadership? Why is this in here? Why are we doing three weeks talking about how important our leaders are? Mm -hmm. And I remember talking to Rochelle afterwards and being like, have you ever looked at the curriculum? Like, why aren't we just talking about Jesus and about being nice to each other, sharing our things? You know, they're four, they're five. Like, why, why is leadership? being embedded into them at this young age. And so that's when it all just started opening up. And then this one of the last Sundays I attended, um, my uh, women's ministry leader came up to me. She came and found me after, you know, kids kingdom and I'm walking in my car and she says, you know, um, I would just love to get together and talk to you about your relationship and your spiritual future. Well, well, relationship with who? Michael. And your spiritual future? Mm-hmm. The hell is a spiritual future? All right, go on. Go on. I'm, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm intrigued. <laughs> well, we never had that conversation because uh, that Sunday, nobody knew. Uh, well, that's not true. I'm sure she knew because, again, word gets around in church. Um, I was leaving the next morning to fly to New York because I was eloping that week. 
with Michael. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I'm you not get, having that conversation. <laughs> you get your damn hands off me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it's, it's things like that. Michael had proposed in September and I remember he was so hurt because, um, you know, I was still going to the church. He was really just wanting to be, he was just wanting to be, I mean, what church doesn't allow you in as a Christian, you know, like he wasn't the right kind of Christian and he had proposed to me. And so, you know how they do in the church when somebody gets engaged, like they announce it on a Sunday and everybody's so happy for you. So that Sunday after he proposed, we go to church together and nothing they did not acknowledge it at all. And so he was like, oh my gosh, like, I just can't believe that. Like, if this is your family, why aren't they happy for you? Why aren't they celebrating this? Cause he yeah. just didn't know, you know, like we just, we didn't know. And it just started a whole, you know, a whole uh, chain of thoughts and, you know, things that were going on. And so we go, we elope, we get married, you know, it's, chaos when I get back, because I'm sure I've just created a whole bunch of mess in the church. You know, Jennifer just went and did whatever she wanted to do. Now we really need to correct this. Um, the following month, my kids were involved in a school shooting, November, 2019, Saugus high school. So, uh, as if my poor kids hadn't been through enough, you know, um, it rocked the entire community. And, you know, thankfully, thank God, my kids were there, they heard everything, but they were able to get out of there fast enough that they weren't um, locked down in because they had locked down the campus, you know, once everything started happening, but my kids, thank God, were quick enough to just know to run and get out of campus. So I picked them up, bring them home. It's chaos. Rochelle shows up at my house, you know how she is, right? She's amazing. Um, And we're all just like shaken up about this whole thing. Uh, you know, so people from the church, right. They're texting me. Do you have Amanda and Brandon? Are they okay? Like, yes, they're okay. Thank you for checking in. And then the team ministry leaders come by and they've got like, you know, bags of chips for the kids gifts. Cause again, you know, most people don't know how to handle these things. Um, she had a baby at the time and, you know, they were there for maybe six, seven minutes at the most, maybe, you know, I, I don't know. I, I didn't never put the baby down, never put her purse down, never, you know what I mean? Just like, Oh, are you, okay, you're safe. You're okay. Like, okay, whatever. Um, day goes on. And I see that she posted on her Instagram that she spent the day with Saugus students. And I, that was it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> Your children were involved in this, uh, school shooting. Mm-hmm. They're okay. You pick them up, you bring them home, obviously mm-hmm. traumatic event. And your, your children were teenagers at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the children, no, excuse me, the teen ministry leader visited your mm-hmm. home, the couple mm-hmm. or just the woman? The couple. Visited your home mm-hmm. for six minutes? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's be generous. Let's give her 10. Okay. Can we give her 10? Let's just give her 10. Sure. Let's give her 10. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm a generous guy. I, contrary, wow. con, contrary to popular opinion, I'm a nice guy. So <laughs> we're giving her 10 minutes. And and then she left, mm-hmm. which was, I'm sure you were fine with, right? It wasn't like, Absolutely. all right, it's, it's, it's you yeah. know, mm-hmm. no one's beholden to be here for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And, and then you notice on her social media mm-hmm. that she wrote on her social media, uh, I've spent the day mm-hmm. with students from the school. Yep. 
Okay. It's, it's important to note that at that time, uh, my kids were the only two out of our congregation here in Santa Cruz that attended Sagas High School. So it wasn't as if she left your home with your kids to visit other kids Correct. from the church that were there because your mm-hmm. kids were the only two. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that day, because they had taken the kids from the school, the, the uh, sheriff's department had taken the kids from the school and relocated them to a nearby park for the parents to come pick them up. So only parents could go into that area where the kids were. So it's not as though you could just go in as a minister and be like, I'm here to be with the kids. So that's how I know that it was just my kids. You know, it's not, it's not, it's a very safe assumption. I'm, there was no way she could get in to access all those kids at the park. Um, so that was such a deep hurt because I felt like now, now you're using my kids trauma to advertise how compassionate you are. And that's disgusting to me. So what ended up pushing me to leave um, wasn't even actually Michael that opened up my eyes. I always say Michael was the catalyst to God, like flaying open my eyes and showing me what was going on. But that, and, and the way that, um, the way that the trauma was used, it was specifically that comment that I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm like disgusted over this. That's not, that is not my Jesus. That is not my God. You know, you can say that like, you know, well, you don't have to post it. Why do you even post it? You know what I mean? It's not like my kids, they weren't disciples of the church. My kids weren't involved. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? Like it was sort of come over and, and just kind of like, not even put your person. That's, that's why I say it wasn't long because when I'm somewhere, if like, I'm planning to sit and stay with you, I'm putting my bags down. I'm putting the baby down. Like, let's sit down and have our conversation. I noticed that. They stood in my living room, never sat down, never offered, you know what I mean? I I also didn't really invite them to come in and sit down, but to then turn around and say that you spent the day with Saga students, Rochelle spent the day with the Saga students. Rochelle sat down, took each of my kids individually and asked them what their day was like, how they were feeling, where they were, what did they need? Did they feel, I mean, Rochelle dug into my kids into their, where they were without me even being present. Like she just came in and spent the day with traumatized Saga students. You don't get to pop by with a bag of Doritos and say that like, oh, I did my Christian duty. Look at me. I did my job here. I, I couldn't accept that. And that, that for me was the final, I sent an email the following week to the church saying, I will not be back and do not come after me. Get your damn hands off me. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I kind of want to send an addendum now. Like, oh, by the way. <laughs> wow. You know, I'm very glad we spoke and I'm very glad you told us all that because some people leave within a couple months and some people leave within a couple of years or they leave once they realize something and and for yourself it took a it took a while but it was leading up to the point because you had spent your entire 20s in this place and yeah. 30s My going entire into, adulthood mm-hmm. going into your 40s that's right your entire yeah. adulthood so it wasn't yeah. i somebody told me once that um 
he doesn't believe that the church was a cult. He doesn't believe it was a cult because you can leave easily. Mm. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's <laughs> fair, I guess. But um, please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to misspeak. But it seems like you had a lot of attachment there, a lot of roots there. Mm. That picking up one day to leave wasn't... What's the word I want to use? It wasn't that easy. No, it wasn't. Even with everything that I saw that happened with Michael and, you know, the, I mean, conversations. Oh, my goodness. You know, they told me he could be of Satan. They told I mean, you know, they told me that I was, you know, uh, that I didn't understand true salvation. Like, I mean, things even with all of that and knowing that I knew they were wrong. The reason I still couldn't leave was because that's all I've ever known. So, you know, while my kids grew up in the church from a young age, you know, as, as, you know, toddlers and, you know, all the way up, I grew up in my adulthood in the church. All of my friendships were there. When I left, I left with one friend, Rochelle. I I've lost all my friendships. Um, you know, I've been, I've been labeled as a danger. I know that for a fact that people have been warned about spending time with me. Um, my story I know is used in Bible studies now, you know, like that it's making the decision to leave um, because it, it is, it is easy to say, well, but all of this was happening and you knew for a year at least, or a couple of years that, you know, you were on your way out the door, but to say, okay, I'm, I'm not coming back. It's, it's leaving all you've ever known as family. And that's scary. It is scary, you know, and it's, it's not a fear that, oh, they were going to come and harm me or do anything like that, which they didn't come and harm me physically, but they definitely harmed my character. You know, people don't know me the same. They don't trust me the same. There's people who will privately support me, but they'll publicly deny me. You know, they won't deny spending time with me they, or they'll deny spending time with me. They, um, I'm, I'm like a secret, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a secret. and you know, so knowing that I was going to cut that off, um, and I knew I was going to be labeled as, oh, she left God for a man. She left the church for a man, you know, and it's like, I knew all that was coming. So knowing that that is what was ahead for me, I was like, gosh, like I, if I leave, then I just leave everything. It's everything I've ever known. And so it was hard. It was really difficult, which is why when it, when that happened with my kids, you know, I was like, okay, that actually we're done now because it's not about me anymore. It, that's now it's my kids. And I don't want my kids to be a part of that. Thank you for speaking with us because the name of the program is the reclamation and it's about us reclaiming our stories. And when yeah. you leave, when, when you leave the church, the church makes up a narrative Mm. of of who you are and who you were and who you will be. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and not often do we get to tell our stories that they can no. hear it. No, know? this is actually the first time I have not with the the platform that I have uh that's this is the first time and see that's that too I've been afraid. I've been afraid to talk about it not because I'm not worried about any backlash I'm going to get like definitely not I've already know what's being said about me but it's just you know, there, there is, uh, I told my husband one time, I said, there, there's an embarrassment attached to it because the embarrassment being I've known, you know, I've known for 
21 years or however, you know, however long ago that was, I've, I've known something wasn't right. Um, but I just craved that love and, and, you know, friendship so much. And they are so good at loving when you're a member. Um, you know, he says, well, it's fake love. And I said, well, it's actually not fake love. It's true love when you're a member, but it's conditional love. There's a difference. Yeah, It's conditional. And they've proved that I've had friends for 20 years who couldn't even trust my character or didn't, didn't know me well enough to know, or even think like, well, I mean, we know Jen's not reckless. We know that she's faithful. We know that she talks to God. So maybe we should, I don't know, maybe listen to her, maybe, maybe open our hearts a little bit. Maybe there was none of that. It was just automatically, no, you're wrong. That's not how we do things. And so what I realized, um, cause I wouldn't use the word cult for a very long time. Um, because I was also trained cause you know, I studied back in 2001. So when everything came out with the letter and all that kind of stuff, um, I was trained that persecution when, when the church was being called a cult by, you know, news sources and, you know, everything else, um, I was trained that that's a compliment. That means we're doing something right. So, you know, I never saw it as a bad thing. And then to have to admit, you know, well, maybe I was, that's really difficult. And so I was telling him, I said, I, I, you know, using the word cult. So why would I call it a cult? Um, because the control factor is there because the minute that someone can remove your intuition, which is a God given gift, we all have, we all have it. But the minute they remove that by controlling how you do things, what you need to think, what you need to study, what you need to look at and their way of doing it, and they remove your power of intuition, that's a cult because they don't want you to tap into that. They don't want you to realize you don't actually need that. We need each other for sure, but it's not to be told what to do and how to think. You know, their thing is seek advice and then obey it. You can seek advice and then choose to do what you will with it. So was I part of a cult? 100% they removed my intuition. And then the minute I got it back, I became too powerful in their mindset. And then I became a danger. And when, if it, if a group can label you as a danger to the members, that's because they can no longer control you. And if they can't control you, then you don't belong in their cult anymore. Join us next time on The Reclamation.